The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Full marks to the St. Louis Blues for a 4-1 victory over the Edmonton Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. They were vastly superior, especially over the final 40 minutes. Braden Shen scored twice to put it away in the third. Steen and Sabotka also tallied for the Blues. Ryan Strom had the only marker for the Oilers. And the Oilers continue to be unable to string wins together, to string consistent efforts together. They came out, beat up an expansion team on Tuesday night, and they come back tonight, and a pretty good first, actually a very entertaining first period both ways. The Oilers had a blooper goal go against them, but they quickly got it back on the power play. A lot of physical play in the first period, but then after that, this one was only entertaining if you're a St. Louis Blues fan. They were pretty much doing whatever they wanted in the second and third period to win it 4-1. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 9.55, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, along with our Inside the Game analyst, former NHLer Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can call us at 780-496-0063. Well, Rob, that was, uh, I mean, 4-1, 6-1, 8-1. Could have been any of those. Talbot actually kept it at least within reach during the second period, but that was just a St. Louis team checking, passing, skating, doing almost whatever they wanted in the final two periods. Yeah, they were very good, and they had the the Oilers completely frustrated, completely confused. Uh, They did a very good job of disrupting the Oilers, any offensive flow that they had, and then when there was a turnover, they were quick to get it back the other way. Um, the Oilers are built to play in the Western Conference. they got the big physical players, but tonight some of their big physical players took themselves out of the game trying to be big and physical, and I think it played into St. Louis's game plan. And St. Louis did all the right things. I thought the, the first period was highly entertaining, and as you said, from then on it just deteriorate, deteriorated for the Edmonton Oilers as the St. Louis Blues got better and better, and it, it was a, a sloppy, ugly, uh, poor defensive type effort by the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And, and it's frustrating because they had looked like they were turning things around. Things were going their way. And then tonight was a step backwards. So they fall to 4-7. and seven on home ice, 7-10-2 and two on the year. They, they continue to have a, a lot of work to do to climb back into the playoff race. I mean, depending on what happens tonight in terms of points, they'll be 4-6 to six out, but they're only ahead of one team in the entire Western Conference. Rob, our adjustment of the game is for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Is it time to, to separate McDavid and Drysaddle here as they, as they go on the road trip? Um, I mean, with the fact that they got Camilleri here now, they have uh, other options. Um, I mean, I know you're the... I, I'm, a, I'm huge, huge having them together, and they, they were fantastic against Vegas the other night. Uh, they were not good tonight. And now I don't know if they weren't good tonight because they were together or, or just they simply... This was not a game that, uh, uh, that they're going to be excited about when they watch the tape over. Um, when your team is not... I mean, take away that Vegas game. They're not scoring. They're not scoring at all. At this point, you anything is, is open to, to, to uh, the coaching staff to throw together, any line combination. Uh, because this is a team that has... They may not be blessed with offensive prowess on the, the wings, but they certainly have enough to be better than what they are in putting the puck in the net. So some things have to change, and uh, I would expect that you will see a, we used to t- call it, things. the lines will be put in the blender, and we'll see what the blender throws out for the next time these guys take the ice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally understood what McClellan has been saying, that he basically didn't want to reward wingers mm-hmm. who weren't pushing the pace on their own by giving them Dreisaitl or McDavid as a center. But now that Camilleri is here and he's a veteran who's going to get a chance, Puliyarvi has played four yep. at least average games. I, I thought Puliyarvi was good he tonight. Actually, he actually was yep. skating and initiating, mm-hmm. and Kajula's back. And now I think at least it's worth it. Like you said, there's almost nothing that is without, outside of the realm of 
possibility. And you could always go back to McDavid and Dreisaitl whenever you want. But, I mean, they, they were not clicking tonight. I th- they think they looked a little frustrated. And then, obviously, the, the 2-1 play that made it 3-1. I mean, the Oilers are on a promising rush. And then four seconds later, instead of the Oilers getting a chance, it's it's in the Oilers' net. Well, and that was the way the game went. The, the Oilers... Uh, um, silly mistakes, uh, bad bounces, turning the puck away when they shouldn't turn the puck away, and St. Louis just seemed crisper. They seemed like they were able to make plays out there tonight, and, and the Oilers weren't. Uh, there were a, a number of miscues tonight that you don't normally see and, and from skilled players. So, yeah, I, I think that there were certain players tonight. I thought I thought Pugliarvi looked fine. I thought Kajula at times looked fine out there. Um, Camilleri did not look, I mean, did not look out of place, but other players that you would expect to be stronger, I, I thought this was a quiet game for, for R&H. I really didn't notice him a whole lot. Didn't notice him on the negative side, but didn't notice him on the offensive side like we've seen as of late. It was a quiet game for Lucic, for Maroon, and obviously for both Dreisaitl and McDavid. So when your best players aren't your best players, you usually don't find success. And the Oilers tonight, their best players weren't as good as the St. Louis Blues' best players. Fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. We're going to go with Jesse Puliyarvi. He had three shots on goal, played just over 13 minutes. The three stars announced Strom, the third star, Petrangelo, the second star, and Shen with two goals is the first star. All right, we're going to have post-game reaction rolling in right away, but right now, 780-496-0063. We'll go to Alex. Hey, Alex. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, well, I, you know, listening to uh, Rob Brown's comments, I... I can't disagree with uh, any of it. I mean, uh, yeah, and I screamed a lot tonight, too, by the way, in uh, front of TV. It was, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I see a team that still isn't willing to pay the price 100% on how to play the hockey, the game of hockey, you know, and uh, whether it's casting or skating to the right areas or it's almost like, the, you know, they, they think they're a bunch of all-stars and, and it, they're not getting it done. I don't know. It's just mental, mental, mental. And well, uh, Mc, McDavid, uh, and, and you know what, McDavid, he ain't even close to playing as a hard trophy candidate this year, I tell you that. He's got to smarten up and start, you know, when he he's, he's playing too fancy too. You know, and I know uh, McDavid's got to get some criticism sometimes too because I've seen this act go on a little bit too far, Mr. McDavid, where, you know, you're, you're passing off and you're thinking you're Wayne Gretzky. Shoot the puck more, get in. When you're in the slot, Anywhere near the slot, that puck should be on the net. And, you know, it's frustrating because I'm trying to maintain some kind of hope for this team, being trying to be optimistic. But i got to tell you, this five-game road trip, uh, I can see them easily going two and three on this road trip. And then we're looking at four games under 500, and and then by December, it's all over. I mean, this is... they got to nip this in the butt now, man. All right, Alex, thanks for calling. Well, I mean, I, I think that Absolutely. I mean, we're almost at 19 games. We're pretty much a quarter of the way into the season, and they have yet to have a really good burst where they they look like a consistently dangerous team. And, and Rob, I do think, and McClellan has, has spoken about it recently, and you and I have talked about it a lot, they are a better team on the road. And, and I don't think it just comes down to quality of opponent because – they played some they, they pretty played good teams. Some good teams mm-hmm. on the road and hung in there, or won, or or got a point or two out of some close games on the road, and then at at home there just doesn't seem to be the same level of of detail or commitment. Um, I, I would say detail certainly, because that wasn't there at all tonight. I mean, the, the I can't even remember what goal it was because there was a, a few, but there was the one where. Benning went up to take the guy away on the boards. It was the one that Pareko shot. And there was Nugent Hopkins was the only player in front of the Oilers' net mm-hmm. with two St. Louis Blues. So the Oilers have got no defensemen, one forward, two opposition players. You, you can't have that. And that is, that is, I don't know if that's commitment, but it's certainly details. Well, it's certainly organized, uh, not knowing your, where you're supposed to be. Uh, I don't know if it's cheating. Well, that's the word I was going to use because McClellan talked about that earlier in the week. Cheating at home, mm-hmm. checking on the road. Well, and, and that's certainly there. I, just, just little thing. I mean, tonight, and I'm not picking on any player in particular, but Darnell Nurse is taking the puck behind his own net, blindly throws the puck back, 
trying to pass it to a guy behind him. There was no Oiler there, but there was a St. Louis Blue, and he put it right on the St. Louis Blues stick. And that wasn't just Darnell. There was a number of times in the Oilers zone where they just flat out made blind hope passes. And hope passes work against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Hope passes usually work against Arizona. Hope passes don't work against the St. Louis Blues, Chicago Blackhawks, teams like that. And when the Oilers play on the road, there's no hope in their game. There is a, an incredible discipline and commitment level to doing all the right things. And that wasn't there tonight. And then when the Oilers faced a little adversity, and that was in the second period when St. Louis came on, the Oilers got frustrated and some of their better players started running at St. Louis Blues players. I can tell you from personal experience, and when, I'm, when I was playing and I was running someone, it's because I was mad and it got me completely off my game, and that wasn't my role. Mm-hmm. you got to stick to what, you, what makes you successful, and I think the Oilers got away from that. But, it, again, it, it's frustration, and when it creeps into your game, it's hard to get out of it. Blues take it 4-1 tonight at Rogers Place. Let's go downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Well, I, I thought the game turned a little bit more in the second period, not necessarily between... Uh, the intermissions. Uh, they threw 19 shots at us in the second period and thought we fed their transition an awful lot. We'd get the puck over the blue line, we'd pull up, turn it over, and they'd be coming back the other way. And So they were uh, they were better than us in a lot of areas tonight, and they got the win. The turnovers at the offensive blue line, obviously, I know any coach doesn't like. Did you find your team at times was hoping passes were going to be made, and was St. Louis just disciplined being in the zone, or did your team just have some shoddy pass in the last four? Uh, a combination of both. They're... Uh, you know, their team played uh, an exceptional game as far as back-checking, tracking, catching people from behind and and cutting plays off. Um, we were too stubborn to, and we talked about it, we were stubborn about those east-west lanes as you enter the zone, and, and we kept wanting to go to them and wanting to go to them. And, and instead of using the bottom of the, or the end zone of the rink and, and trying to play off the goaltender's pads a little bit. Um, so our stubbornness got us a bit there, and, and as a result, we didn't spend much time in, in the offensive zone, and that leads to frustration. And um, they capitalize on a few turnovers, and now the game's not going our way. You guys viewed viewed this as a measuring stick game. Is there is the gap a little bigger than you maybe thought it was between these two teams? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. They you know they capitalized on some opportunities that we fed them. Um, it wasn't our best. Um, you know, if we if we throw our best at them, um, I think we we come away with a, a chance to win. Uh, but we weren't close to being our best tonight. So. You made the, the move with uh, Yessi off the second line, and him, Strom, and Camilleri actually seem to have some, some decent chemistry. What, what did you like about Mike's first impression and, and Strom, those two together? Uh, I like. Well, I liked the three together once Jesse got there. I thought more happened on that line. Jesse's speed, uh, Mike's uh, vision and his ability to shoot, and Strom's got a little more tenacity to his game. I didn't think much was going on with Nuge's line. Nuge didn't have a shot on goal tonight. and uh, You know, he had the two-on-one where, uh, where he looked to pass off again, another one of those situations. So, um, you know, Strom and, and Jesse and... And Mike, uh, I thought, put together some good shifts. Um, they weren't a liability, so that, that was a positive. Todd, you, you talked a lot, maybe more in the early going last season, about learning how to handle success as a team and f- feel like you did that fairly well as a team last year. Maybe Are you struggling to do that more this year? Well, it seems when you play well, there's a significant step back. No, um, I'd say no. Uh, we played well the whole road trip, and we didn't take a step back at all. We came home and we played a, ga- a good game. What I would say is I thought the uh, the Vegas game didn't set us up real well for, for this game. It was a completely different type of game. And uh, I think we still had a little more Vegas in our... Uh you know, in our game, in our mindset, the, the, the free lanes and the passing and, and uh, the extra second that we didn't have tonight. And uh, that affected us a bit, and we couldn't get it out of our system quick enough. Jujar, you're expecting him to be available early on the road trip? Well, we're hoping as early as, as Saturday, but uh, again, the, the injury isn't major, but it's something that's keeping him out of the lineup, and uh, if he's capable of playing, he'll be back in the lineup. And will Slepyshev go on the trip or no? Schlepp will make the trip. We're gone for 11, 10 or 11 days, so he'll make the trip, and we're hoping he's back at some point.
Todd, was your first line forcing it far too much tonight with McDavid? I'm, I'm sorry? First line forcing it far too much tonight. They got outplayed, it looked like, by Shen, Shen Steve. It looked like they were trying to force passes. Well, we, we talked about that, um, you know, earlier. I'm going to answer that kind of the same question over. I'm going to give you the same answer. We get to the blue line, and, and uh, they had a tenacity of back-checking, shutting lanes down, having good gaps, and we wanted to play east-west at the blue line, pull up and look for late people. And as a result, we turned it over, and it went the other way. And uh, that line was guilty of it, but so were the other three. And uh, it was, it was team-wide tonight. It wasn't just uh, one line. Um, I know that Shen, uh, Tarasenko, those guys scored some goals tonight, but Connor's line wasn't on the ice for all of them. It was spread out uh, amongst the team. And, um, you know, it's a, t- it's a team loss tonight. We, we just didn't play well enough. Well, no doubt about that. That's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, the St. Louis Blues, winning 4-1 at Rogers Place. 1-1 after the first, 2-1 after the second, and then the 4-1 final. But, uh, man, uh, St. Louis was much better, especially in the second period. Talbot held the Oilers in, but they really didn't generate very many chances tonight. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Before we go back to the phones, Rob, anything stand out for you from McClellan? No, I, I know that the one question that was asked is does it look like the gap between the Oilers and, and these top teams in the West is it seem bigger than than they had expected and I liked his answer because this again this is a one off this is one game the Oilers had put together was it five straight strong games the, the road trip and then coming home against Vegas so they've they've played well but they, they did not play well today and if they would have played uh like they did against, you know, the Rangers or Pittsburgh, or the, those games, then it would have been a different result. So it was not a good game tonight. St. Louis was uh, considerably better tonight than the Oilers. But tomorrow night, the St. Louis, I mean, the St. Louis Blues got blown out by the Calgary Flames. All teams have bad nights. Now, some teams have points in the bank, and they can afford a bad night occasionally. The Oilers, with the start they've had to the season, can't afford very many of these nights as they've got a tough trip coming up here where they certainly cannot afford to have a an for type of road trip or they're going to find themselves way too far out. Well, but again, I'm going to go back to something I've been saying all pretty much all season. They've had five bad nights at home. Mm-hmm. They had a three-game homestand, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Carolina. They were not good against any of those games. Now, now again, sometimes you, you know those teams are, are all decent teams, but still, you you kind of handed them a lot of chances. You have a bad night against Detroit, bad afternoon against Detroit, and and, and a bad one today. So, uh, I mean, the Pittsburgh Washington games they they lost, but I'll, I'll they give, played I'll, well. I'll it was, give those yep. teams credit. The, you know, they 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 played, but the Oilers were a little more engaged in those games. So that's what's really discouraging to me is the points that have just slipped away at home. Where you're you're not even I don't want to say you're not in the game because there's moments where you're in the game, but by, you're not playing you're, what you're yeah, capable of playing, and you're to. not getting points in the bank. Yes, know? and I mean la- last year the Oilers lost, and I know at some point maybe I have to stop talking about last year, but you want to get back into the playoffs. The Oilers had 12 regulation losses all season on home ice. They already have seven and they've only played a quarter of their home schedule. I guess they're going to have a pretty good finish to the season here. Well, they're going to have to try. No, uh, yeah, I, you're going to have losses over the course of the season in, in games that you play well. What you want to limit are the type of games that you play poorly. And the Oilers have had a number of games that they've played poorly this year. They were not satisfied afterwards, and they've got to cut those out of their schedule as they go forward. There were good games they played on the road that they lost, but you feel good about yourself because you know you're coming. Tonight was not a good game by, by the Edmonton Oilers in one of their first real tests that they've had against the Western Conference powerhouse, and, and they failed. And it's, uh, again, and as you said at the beginning, this is one that'll probably create some line shuffling going into the next game. 4-1 Blues take it. We'll bring Rob in on the open line. Hey, Rob, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, how are you tonight? Doing okay. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to blame the referees because the Oilers suck. But roughing is so inconsistent, I just I get tired of it. What was it? To, what, what did you see tonight, Rob? Well, Cassian, uh, the guy steps on a stick, he gets a slashing penalty or a tripping penalty. Oiler goes down the same thing. He gets tripped. There's no call. Packer in and defends the guy. He gets singled out. They do it. We ended up with the extra. So... That kind of stuff, it just frustrates me. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was a little surprised. I guess Packernan got singled out of that. The the one with Cassie and Stick, I, we've seen that both ways this year, Rob. They usually do call that. They'll give yep. the advantage to the offensive player. What was the game? I really criticized the refs. I think the Oilers won. It's a few ago. There's yeah, one I was mad. Yeah, you were rolling your eyes at me. Well, even Franco, <laughs> he. Uh, it's a knee-on-knee knee hit. That's a penalty. No, that I, that was a clean hit. I think it was a clean hit. And actually, yeah. and, and, and oh, if you're going to give penalties on that one, Lucic should have got more than two minutes. Well, he got ten. Yeah, but that, he should have got a, <laughs> a double minor. He threw two wild punches to the head of, of Perego. This one had nothing to do with the refereeing. No, and nothing. Rob, Rob's saying that. Our caller, yeah. Rob, is, is, yeah. is saying that. Yeah, Rob, that's... You know, f- fair call. We don't want. I don't think we want to spend too much on time on that tonight, just because of the way it went. But uh, Rob, give me a buzz on Inside Sports some night, and maybe we can talk about that a, a little bit more for sure. We got Jared on hold as well, one of our regular guys. Hey, Jared, thanks a lot for calling, buddy. Hi, hi, guys. How you doing? Good. I just gotta make a comment that I think this was the first time of the games I've seen this year where the Oilers have come up against like a really ferocious forecheck in St. Louis and that second period that's the most that I didn't think the others were necessarily that bad I just think that St. Louis was that good and you have to give them credit they were very very impressive and I think the others were just just outmatched like getting to the loose pucks and it wasn't so much like the transition or cycle of St. Louis it's just they were forechecking the defense were pinching and they were almost like a machine and I remember when they played Toronto a couple weeks ago on Saturday night, and they and they stepped on it. Toronto couldn't even get out of their own end, and it was it was for like 18, 19 straight minutes. And I think that when they play that way, they're they're almost unstoppable. And you could see like a St. Louis, Tampa Bay, um, uh, Stanley Cup final. But I think they've changed a fair bit from when Hitchcock was there. I didn't never remember them being that relentless on the forecheck and the Oilers forwards didn't know if they should go in the corner at the point and a lot of the mistakes are made because they have no time to make any kind of decision so I think you got to give St. Louis credit because the style that they play tonight that's my type of hockey and when they're on there's as a defenseman like when I played there's nothing you can do all you can do is a lot of passes our whole pass you either ice it you chip it off the glass but there's, there's no time and the forwards weren't really helping out a lot on, on like helping them down low, so you got to give credit to St. Louis because they they really laid the boots to the Oilers in the second period. I wasn't, yeah. and I don't think they were that bad, the Oilers, but St. Louis looked really, really solid. I, I I I agree with a lot what you said, but I, I I think the Oilers were bad, but the St. Louis Blues were very good. I think it was a combination of both. I think that you, you, the, one of the things you said that the forwards weren't helping out, and that was part of it. it. It's tough to make a play when you've got no one to make a play to. St. Louis Blues played, they, they were good, and the Oilers weren't. And at the end of the night, a 4-1 score was probably very indicative of the way the game went. Um, St. Louis, uh, they were on tonight. They were on. They, they, they played well from, from top to bottom. They were smart in their own zone. They never got running around. They were very uh, good on the back check. They, there was good back pressure. And when they got the puck in deep, but if, if you watch the, some video of some of the plays that the Oilers made tonight, they made a lot of silly plays with the puck on their stick in their own zone and not enough, not a lot of pressure, and they just gave it away. And they played into the St. Louis Blues at that point. Jared, good to hear from you, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? 4-1, St. Louis takes it tonight. That means a $25 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season, and you can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com to track the total for the season. It is 10-17, and yeah, St. Louis uh, really taking it to the Oilers over the final 40 minutes tonight to get the 4-1 win. So the Oilers are 7-10-2. How about St. Louis? 14-5-1 through their first 20 games of the season. Very impressive. 7 8 We have Elvis on the open line. Hey, Elvis. Hey, guys. You know what? Uh, watch that game tonight, and the biggest thing that stood out to me is that the Edmonton Oilers face a team that got a uh, ass-whipping in Calgary. And they come here, and we're going up against, and, you know, it couldn't be back-to-back like Calgary gets back-to-backs. Uh, we, they get a day off. You know, everybody gets to go, you know, socialize or whatever. And what really irks me is if you're going to blend lines, why wouldn't he have thrown number 98 uh, with uh, McDavid? 
try him out there. That kid played hard tonight. He hit hard. He skated hard. He didn't get a goal. But in my, in my opinion, that kid played really good. Well, it could happen next. Yeah, he had a strong game. Billy Harvey, I, I thought he was the by far the most noticeable forward for the Oilers tonight. And his yeah. effort level was good. Yeah, uh, I, They did move him around in different lines. They took him away from Nugent Hopkins because, as Todd McClellan said, that line did not look good tonight. Uh, and they put him with the new guy, Camilleri, with, with Strom, and they did have some some chemistry. Uh, but I, I, there, he could eventually get up with McDavid at some point, maybe as soon as next game. But you are right, uh, Pulley RV uh, was by far the best forward to me tonight. All right, we've got to take a quick timeout. More of your calls. We'll have reaction from both dressing rooms as well. Blues take it 4-1 over the Oilers. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30, That is Camp Talbot, save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot did what he could to hold the Oilers in the game tonight, but in the end, not enough. St. Louis skates away with a 4-1 victory and Braden Shen wound up getting a couple of goals after being uh, robbed by Talbot in the second period. Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. Good to have you along for the ride tonight. It is 10:24. Before we go back to the phones, here's the newest oiler for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. It's Mike Camilleri. Mike, uh, I know it's been a whirlwind a couple of yeah. days, but a little bit about uh, just how things felt for you tonight. Uh, unfortunately, the game went the way it did. Uh, I think uh, if you ask St. Louis, they probably liked the things they did tonight. They probably played their game, and that's and, and we probably didn't do nothing to, to get them out of their comfort zone. So uh, would have liked to come with the win. You described just kind of how you felt. Uh, your line mates knew, just knew everything. Yeah, I mean, I just for, on, a, on a personal level, I was just excited to play. But uh, but uh, it, it sours pretty quickly when the, when the game doesn't go uh, the way you'd like. But uh, Enjoyed playing with different different guys and, and kind of it's uh, it's kind of a crash course in, in, in the personnel on the team when you get out there in a game like that. So um, so uh, that was all interesting. What do you think happened after the first period? It seemed like in the first you guys were engaged physically, seemed to be playing well. But what changed? Tough to pinpoint one thing. I you know I, I think it's uh, it'd be it'd be somewhat unfair for me to assess the, the team's play as a whole right now after just just coming out and getting here and playing the first game. And, um, I'll, I'll leave that up to the, the coaching staff. Read that, Smiggle Camilleri. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight, and the Oilers go one-on-one on this mini homestand. They start a five-game road trip on Saturday against Dallas. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 10.30 in the morning for the face-off show, and the game will start at noon. All right, we have Keaton on hold. Keaton, thanks a lot for calling in. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, good. It's just me, buddy. Rob had to leave early, so you're stuck with old Wilkie. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I just want to say that, um, you know, I'm I'm confused as to, uh, you know, just how the Oilers are playing right now. They have their off days. They have their good days. But tonight, you know, that first period was really good. They came out with a lot of grit. They came out with a lot of fight. You know, they were getting... They were getting St. Louis mad, and that's that's what you that's what an NHL team wants to do. And the Oilers definitely did that against St. Louis in the first period. But those those final 40 minutes, it really concerned me because they were super sloppy. They were, you know, getting they didn't know what to do with the puck, you know. Mm-hmm. And you come off that road trip from last week, getting five out of eight points against really tough teams, and you know one goal games in each game except for the Rangers game of course and then you come back home you play the Vegas Golden Knights 8-2 to two. they have a lot of goaltending struggles right now so it's kind of understandable why Vegas could give up that many goals but yeah. you know you'd think that coming off a win like that you know you'd you'd be fired up to be playing a really good St. Louis Blues squad and with the addition of Camilleri it really added to the Oilers tonight but it just wasn't enough, and whatever happened in that second and third period, it really cost us big tonight. 
Well, I think you used a, a, a key word there, Keaton, and, and I can't blame you for losing it. using it. You said that you're confused, and it has been a little confusing to watch the Oilers at times this year because they're they've they've it's not like they've they've played bad every game, but when they get a little bit of run going, or you think like okay, they figured some things out, they're playing solid. I mean, you mentioned the the road trip; all the games were close. Even the Rangers game was a two goal game, and I think the empty netter was with two or three seconds left. And you think like, all right, there, there, there's a fine line, but but sometimes they're going to get there. I mean, there was not a fine line between winning and losing tonight, especially in the final two periods. There was a wide line. Um, Jared called in earlier and praised the Blues, and and you know Rob said, fair enough. But he also didn't think the Oilers played well enough, and I didn't think they did either. And the Oilers are able to handle pressure. I, I mean, you're you're going to face teams that play well and you can't just kneel down and say well I guess the other team's really good so we're going to forfeit the two points or 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 maybe we're not good enough and I think McClellan mentioned some tangible things uh, that the Oilers didn't do I, I mean too many east-west passes not trying to get the puck in deep not trying to to get the puck into the goalie's pads and into his feet to create some problems and you saw the Oilers and, and this is and this is something I, I've really noticed over the years and and when it, sometimes when a team is is behind or desperate or or feeling like they're not getting a lot of pucks, and I've seen the Oilers fall into this trap, and, and I've seen other teams try it against the Oilers. When the Oilers are playing well, they try long passes through the neutral zone. Here's a long cross-ice pass to maybe try to spring a guy or get an odd man rush as opposed to having puck support, short, crisp, relatively safe passes to transport the ice, uh, the puck up ice that way. And, and the St. Louis Blues just owned all the small battles, all the confined areas of the ice. They owned it physically, and then they, they were certainly able to own the puck offensively and stop the Oilers from, from doing anything on their attack. So, yeah, Keaton, I'm, I'm sure you're confused. I, I can't blame anybody who's feeling a little bit confused because every time you see a little bit of a good spurt from the Oilers, then they seem to take a step back. And this was a game where they were beaten pretty badly tonight overall, 4-1, St. Louis takes it. Okay, we're getting back to the phone calls in a couple minutes here. We haven't given you the news and weather in a while, so we got to do that. You'll hear from Cam Talbot. You'll hear from Mike Yo. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. All right, thanks for tuning in. The final score, St. Louis 4, Edmonton 1, Ryan Strom. The only goal for the Oilers tonight, it came on a power play in the first period, 29 seconds after the Blues got a shorthanded goal. You can reach us at 780-496-0063, and we have Cam standing by. Hey, Cam, good to hear from you. Hey, what's going on, Reed? Oh, just chilling out, talking Brownie hockey. Had, Brownie had to get home? Uh, I'm not sure where he had to go. I, I didn't ask if he had to leave. He had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't jacking up, just making sure. He's no, I don't. Oh, he's he's not sick or anything. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, well, no, I was just going to say, hey, what's the show you were talking about um, that you also have? What night is that? Oh, I host a talk show called Inside Sports that's on six to eight p.m. weeknights whenever we don't have an Oilers or Eskimos game. Okay, that's great. No, I'm looking forward to that for sure. So you talk Eskimos and also Oilers. Yeah, it's a general sports show. There's a lot of Oilers at Eskimos, but we get some other stuff out there. I had two U of A football players in studio last night that are graduating and got CFL aspirations, so we do other stuff, featuring awesome. stuff like that too. Yep. I'll be all over that, man. That's awesome. Cool. So I was just going to say, um, well, with RNH, I mean, <clears throat> there's just certain teams that aren't going to be a good matchup with him, and, uh, you know, it just wasn't a good matchup. You know, St. Louis has really rebuilt and restructured. I, I really appreciated the call probably about three or four calls ago where the guy talked about how they had really restructured their team, and they are a different team than than we've seen in the past. I, I don't think like if we played this team a seven-game series, I was wondering about this tonight, like do we win that series? We could. We would have to be great. Yeah, that's to, fair. To beat them in a seven-game series. The other thing I was going to say is um, I I don't like going back to the same guys that have you down 4-1. And Coach McClellan said it was a team loss, and I agree. But continuing to throw 
the same guys out there, the big dogs, to me, when it's 4-1 with a minute and a half or two and a half minutes left. Like, that stuff, to me, is the sign that maybe it's not being handled the way it needs to be handled. I'm not criticizing anyone. I'm not going to get down on anyone because the team is what it is. I'm going to be positive. But to me, shake it up a little bit at that time. You know, throwing McDavid and Dreisaitl out there again, to me at that time, I, I don't know. And, and I'm going to also say this, and I was hoping Rob was there because I'm sure Rob would have disagreed with me on this, but from a fan's perspective, when Milan Lucic has thrown his brain and his knuckles and his shoulders and his knees on the line time and time and time and time again for this hockey team. And he gets need, whether it was intentional or not, he took a knee on knee, whether it was intentional or not, for there not to be a scrum following that up at that point in time, to have someone not come in and, and, and go to war on his behalf at that time, as a fan, makes me want to puke. Because this guy has done nothing but stand up for this team every single time someone has taken a liberty on anybody. And I'm just in shock that this team did not stand up, even symbolically, and, and get a face wash in or something. That was really disappointing to me. Yeah, thanks, Camps. Good to talk to you, buddy. Take care. I know you'll be uh, calling in again. Well, I mean, Lucic went after Pareko himself and uh, obviously got 2-10 and 10 out of that. It was a pretty nasty first period, actually, with scrums and a, and a fight, and you looked like I, I thought the Oilers were kind of doing a good job standing up to the Blues, and I was thinking to myself, well, if the Blues want to play this way, the Oilers can do it, but then checking and speed-wise, St. Louis just took the game over in the second period. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Jody on the line. Jody, you're going to finish the play, so uh, you're looking for an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. But before we get to that, give me your thought. Well, since, you know, I've been following the season like everyone else, and it's been it's been frustrating. I'm trying not to get too down, you know, because they, they still, they're, what, only three or four points still out of a playoff spot, something like that. But it just seems to me that every position sans goalie is just misfiring like i don't know if you want to use the term chemistry and maybe that that goes back to the summer where our general manager didn't address some of the issues that and i don't know maybe it's just we as fans think that we can armchair better but you know it doesn't like it just seems like every line has some type of fault or weakness in it and that we and it might take more than one season. That's the thing with a, a lot of fans. They think this the decade of darkness is over. It might take more than just one season to get rid of the stench of the pre- the 10 previous. Well, that's an interesting comment. I, I mean, I think last year gave reason for, for optimism, and, and I think Peter Shirelli thought that he wanted to show trust in those players as opposed to pushing guys down the depth chart. My, my biggest concern was depth scoring. I, I, thought, that, oh, no, I, thought, I, I thought the defense would be okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, somebody said to me once, well, they should have got a cheap replacement for Sekera. There's no such thing as a cheap replacement no, for Sekera. absolutely, Sekera's. and that's, that's so, going to cost you. And there wasn't a big free agent. We, you know, I understood that. They wanted someone. They didn't expect Keflom to take the take the step back. Yeah, yeah. You know, Clefbaum's like, had a tough year, for yes. sure. Yeah. No, and, you know, running him out of town, no, absolutely not. And I'm hoping he can play out of this. And he's still, what, 22, 23? Like, he's still got a lot of growth ahead of him, so people shouldn't, you know, these... Well, and Oscar Clefbaum, he's under contract until 2023. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully... Yeah. And, I mean, there's no. going to be ups and downs in a, in a oh, career, yeah. but it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of guys seem to be a little bit down or a little bit off. Uh, Clefbaum's 24. He doesn't turn 25 right. till the summer. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I the, the team obviously was in really bad shape. You mentioned 10 years out of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, fair comment, it doesn't all change in a year, and, and I think that they could still be a deeper organization overall. 
Uh, I think at the NHL level, their depth is better than it has been. I, I think they're still probably building depth in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Because you almost need a fifth line. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you almost you almost need two. Well, how am I putting this here? Like, you, like you almost need nine bottom six forwards. Like, six in the NHL and three more in the American Hockey yeah. League. Yeah. And, and I know, don't think they're quite there. No, and like they've got, you know, they've got some good. They've got like guys like um, I can't even pronounce his name, uh, Kyra, or um, you know Malone's been a surprise. New, you know, um, and the guys that we expected to have the turnaround seasons, well, Nuge for sure this year, absolutely. But it, it's just it's it's frustrating to watch, and it's like okay, it's it's like you know when my late father and I used to watch the games. It's like in the early in the nineties and the early two thousands, which Oilers team is going to show up tonight? And right. I didn't think last year we knew which team was going to show up. Most, you know, 90% of the games this year, it's right back to that decade of darkness. It's like, who's going to, what's going to show up tonight? And it's, it it just seemed every section, even the, the, the special teams is, is off, you know, and that's just yeah, improving you know, lately, but haven't haven't yeah. been great. Yeah, well, you know, an, ear, an earlier call, an earlier caller called it confusing, and I thought that was that was fair because it seems like it's a it's a step forward, a step back, or sometimes even even two steps back. Jody, do you want to try to finish the play here? Sure. All right, what do we have? Off the middle of the ice, a quick dish. Here's Sabotka. Okay, uh, Sabotka, does he score on that one? Yes or no? Yeah. Off uh, the middle of the ice, a quick dish. Here's Sabotka, wrist shot, save, Talbot, rebound. Oh, that was, the blue uh, the Oilers will find tell it. You, tell you what, you, you get the eight-day eight parking pass just for playing. So Kellen's going to take your uh, information down. We're going to get more calls in a second here. Let's go down to the victorious locker room. St. Louis winning at 4-1. Here's head coach Mike Yo. It was kind of a, a crazy game early, very physical. Were you expecting that, that kind of? I, yeah, I was. Um, that's uh, excuse me. That's what, that's what we've seen on the video, and uh, and I thought our guys were prepared well for it. Like you touched on this morning, of why Braden has been such a good thing for your team this year. What did you see from tonight? Is it just a carry on? Well, you look at the matchup he had first and foremost, and uh, and and that was a hard match all night. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I probably would have said if we would have tied the matchup, we would have been we would have been pleased with that. Obviously, uh, defensively, you're going to have to do a heck of a job uh, when you're on the ice against Connor, and uh, and I thought that he did that. He was solid all night. And what I liked is that uh, he didn't cheat the game. He he. he, he Focused on the defensive part of it, and uh, and I think that he stayed strong in, in the way that we needed to play the game, and and had the confidence that things would uh, come around offensively if he did that. Why has he been so good all season? Because he's a good player. That's the easiest answer that I can give you. He's a good player with character, so he's been a nice fit with our group. Um, you know, he's uh, he's got obviously a very important role, and um, you know, he's he, he does a lot of things for us. You got your mojo back, really, both offensively and defensively. How do you think that happened? Uh, I just think we got back to our game. Uh, you know what? What I liked uh, probably more, more than anything, I. I, I had a really good feeling before the game that we were going to come out, we were going to have a good start, and I knew that we were playing a team that was going to give us a real good hard game. Uh, what I like is that we stayed kind of focused on sort of our game and just staying with it, and obviously it was a pretty even game, uh, but uh, I felt it got to a point where we were able to take it over because we just continued to stay with it. The Steen goal was a, a, a huge goal. What did you what did you see? Well, Steiner Steiner has been doing a good job for us. Uh, you know, uh, moving around all different parts of the power play. But uh, the idea uh, of of moving him to the net front was for that reason. He's got a great stick. He's got hockey sense. You see some of the plays. He took a puck to the net earlier on on, on that same shift and had a great, real good scoring opportunity. So it gives us the, a little bit more of a threat from down low in in, uh, in the zone and uh, and obviously. That was a big goal for us. Did your uh, defense do a better job of maybe making things a little easier for Jake Allen? Well, yeah. I, I, again, this this was a this was a solid effort. You know, I said this the other night, when our, or yesterday, when when our, we're on top of our game. Obviously, Jake is is doing his job, what we need him to. Um, but uh, the D makes his job easier, and our forward makes the job easier for our D. And um, I saw that. 
It's just one game, but after the previous two, does a game like this, is the head coach a little relieved? Or? Well, I, you know what, I, I, I didn't feel nervous coming into this game. I know this group, and uh, I know that the focus is going to be there now. You know, obviously, this is a results business, and, and you never know. Sometimes you can play a great game and, and not come away with a win, but I was, felt pretty confident we were going to play a real solid game, and I'm happy that our guys got rewarded. All right, that's Mike Yo. His team vastly superior tonight, beating the Edmonton Oilers 4-1 at Rogers Place. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10:45. Reed Wilkins with you. Uh, Rob Brown had to jet a little uh, earlier tonight, but I'm happy to talk to you. We got Chad on the line. Chad, a lot of fans have been using the words confusing and/or frustrating tonight. How are you feeling? Oh man, like uh, first word is lazy. Do you agree with me? Uh, I don't know if the Oilers were lazy tonight. I, I think that here's how I look at it, Chad. I, I, and the Oilers have had some bad games, especially on home ice. I don't think that they've been lazy, but I think they've been expending their energy in perhaps the wrong way. And that's what I get back to what Todd said a couple days ago. They've been cheating rather than checking. And I think tonight they, they played a team that started playing very well in the second period. And uh, the Oilers got off kilter a little bit. And instead of simplifying things, they were trying to hit home runs. Uh, I, I, I don't really look at this Oilers team as a lazy or disinterested or, you know, discom. Well, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't think that the, that effort level is a, te- is a problem for this team. But I think sometimes they might expend their effort in, in misguided areas. Yeah, you know, I just see the game as, like, uh, you know, stops and starts. And, you know, I, I just see, like, the the fearless leader, Connor McDavid, like, he's just, like, tur- turning turning away from from pucks and turning away from missed oppor- opportunities. Like, uh, um... Well, that line didn't have a good night. I mean, that's flat out. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely they did not. I don't know what else. I don't know how else, how else I could put that more simply. So... <laughs> Right? Yeah, but like the, the last couple games, like even like it just seems like they just can't get it together. But they gotta. Now, are you, are Chad? Are you because clearly, I mean, you know, for, for frustrating results. Are you? And I, I totally understand why McDavid and Drysdale are together. I think long-term, they'll probably center their own lines. But I think after tonight, especially with the addition of Camilleri and the play of Puglia-Yarvi, I wouldn't mind a shake-up at least to see what happens in Dallas. Where are you with that? I, I wouldn't mind seeing Camilleri up with Connor McDavid. Honestly. Oh, really? Okay. Like, like, the guy can shoot the puck. The guy can skate. He's got over... Does he have over 900 games in NHL? Like, uh, yeah, tonight I, I, was... I wrote this down earlier. I think tonight was 856. 856? Yeah, yeah tonight I mean, was 856. 300 goals or something like that? Like, uh, the guy the guy can score. Like, And if McDavid can pass, obviously he can. I think, I think he can put some points on the board. But. Yeah, 290 for Camilleri coming in for tonight. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if there's a wrong answer. I wouldn't necessarily put... Uh, McDavid with Packer in it and Kara necessarily. Like I still, I still buy into what Todd says that you can't just totally put two non-offensive players with an offensive player and expect them to get five goals a game or five golden chances a game. But right. yeah, I mean McDavid and Drysital weren't connecting. I, I think that I, I do think Chad that they know. I mean, look, we all know what happened in the summer. They get the big contracts. We all know what they did last year. They were the, they were the sparks on this team. And Dreisaitl actually had a better playoff than McDavid. And maybe they're young guys. You know, as much as McDavid has dealt with this his whole life, you know, they know that if the team is down 2-1 or 3-1, it's on them to provide a spark. And, and you know, and I think you see from sometimes they're swinging for the fences as opposed to trying to draw a walk, steal a base, and have somebody else drive you in. And Todd likes using the baseball comparisons. And sometimes you got to commit to all those little things as opposed to trying to, to just make a huge explosive play that you think is going to swing the momentum. Maybe they're feeling a little bit of that, and maybe separating them might be a good call. Yeah, I'm well, not saying forever, but maybe for a game or two. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. And, well, especially not on a power play. Like Those guys can pretty... They match pretty good together. Well, and you know what, Chad? I would not break up the second power play because 
Uh, like I think Nugent Hopkins and Strom especially have been driving that, that second power play the last few games because they're moving the puck quickly and they're getting shots through. Oh, yeah, and they're, they're starting to score too now, right? yep. which is really good, yeah. Yep. Chad, good to hear from you, okay? All right, thanks, man. Obviously, no Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. 4-1, the Blues beat the Oilers, saying, yeah, hearing from a lot of you, the Oilers look a little off. You know, frustrating to watch, confusing uh, to watch. How come guys aren't? quite at the level they were last season. 19 games in, sort of the same. I, well, I guess if I'm going to say a positive, we're talking about the special teams a little less. The Oilers did give up kind of a funky, well, not kind of, a, a blooper shorthanded goal tonight. Um, the special teams have improved incrementally, I think, over the last five or six games, but still that uh, that consistency and that spark not quite where it needs to be to grind out a few more points. We got Shane on the open line as well. Shane, it's nice to hear from you. Hey, Reed, How you doing? Doing quite well. Uh, I think the Oiler problems this year are very similar to those of the Oilers after they, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. It was Rollison who carried the Oilers to the playoffs, and last year it was Talbot who carried the Oilers. And uh, in my opinion, it was Talbot who was MVP. What do you think about that? Uh, so, like, you, you're saying that Talbot's drop-off is why they're 7-10-2? and two? Yes. Okay, well, I think he had some, I think he had some tough games earlier. I, I don't see, like, he was, he's been pretty good on, on the road trips. Um, like, tonight's goal was obviously a, a mix-up with a bouncing puck with, with Clefbaum. I, I think, I mean, they're also the lowest-scoring team in the league. What I'm saying is the expectations are too high. Okay, so, sorry, Shane, I, I feel like you're halfway to a point, but maybe I'm not getting it. Okay, for instance, so. the Leafs had three rookies who scored 60-plus points last year. Okay. Who was the last Oiler breakout talent? who wasn't drafted number one? Uh, Dreisaitl, I guess. Okay. And? Yeah, sure. It's been a while. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a problem. The Oilers' third and fourth lines are basically AHL talent. Well, I don't know if they're AHL talent, Shane, but they haven't had the depth scoring this season. Uh, I mean... You know, the third and fourth lines tonight were Camilleri, Strom, Packerin, and Latestu, Kajula, and Cassian. Um, you know, Strom was drafted fifth overall. Packerin, and fair enough, he's been a 13th forward most of his career. Cassian, I don't think, has played to expectations. Uh, Latestu's been more of a special team specialist uh, as an oiler. Kajula, I think, still has some potential, and Camilleri obviously was acquired to help the, help the depth. We'll, we'll see. I mean, definitely they, they need some guys to step it up, and maybe there's still going to be another shakeup coming along the way. Shane, i got to get back down to the dressing room here. Thanks a lot for calling in tonight. Oilers goaltender Cam Talbot, ready to talk. This is a major in some ways, Cam. Disappointing. Yeah, definitely. They're... Uh... They're the top team in our, in our conference for a reason, and they came out and showed it tonight. We uh, we were a step behind pretty much all over the ice, and, and they made us pay when they needed to. You're really, your team was good in the first, and then it just kind of seemed to fall apart in the second. What notice difference did you see? Um, I think just taking care of the puck. They um, they had quite a few odd men rushes in the second period, and uh, we just didn't manage the puck coming across their blue line. We uh, we turned it over a few times and fed their transition, which against a team like that, you can't give them that many opportunities. So um, we'll uh, we'll learn from this one and get ready to go again on on Saturday. Disappointing, you guys can't seem to get together a string of wins, especially at home ice, even regulation wins. Yeah, it's frustrating not being able to win at home. I feel like we had this conversation a lot. And we have to find a way to rectify that. There should be a tough building to come in and play. And uh, right now we're not making it tough enough for teams to come in here and play. So we have to figure that one out. And um, we'll start a, a good road trip here again and see if we can bring our road game back home again. That Blues uh, top line, they can really work it around. A couple of those, I mean, you had no chance on, but uh, tough challenge for the goaltenders and defense when that, when that line's on the ice. 
Yeah, anytime they're on the ice, they're a threat. Uh, they, they cycle the puck really well. They, uh, they transition really well. They got a lot of speed. They got all three guys that can fire the puck. And uh, they're relentless on the forecheck. So you can't give uh, those guys a lot of time and space. And um, last night, they made us pay. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. Read that, Cam. Tell it. All right, Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' dressing room as they lose 4-1 tonight to the Blues. And I thought that was accurate what Talbot said. Turnovers by the Oilers fed the Blues' transition. And how many times did you see the Oilers not quite get the puck out or start an attack and then instead of getting it deep or getting it on net, maybe trying a difficult pass or one too many pass and then the Blues storm back the other way. I mean, the Blues had three or four two-on-ones in the second period alone. And Talbot was a big reason why it wasn't lights out in the second period. The Oilers were still within a goal going to the third. We have Derek on the open line as well. Derek, thanks for holding. What's going on, man? Sorry, Derek, do we have you? Derek, are you still there? I guess we we don't have him. Okay, let's go to Zach then. Zach, are you still there, buddy? Oh. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, Zach. Hello, Thanks for hanging on. Hey, no problem. Let me get off my, uh, my headset so I can hear you better. Okay. Um, go ahead. So, so yeah, um, well, one thing, first thing tonight, uh, you know, I, I didn't think the Blues were going to be as good as they were last year. I thought they were going to take a step down, but uh, and I thought their record was inflated. I think I was mistaken. Those guys are good. Yeah, they were good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, secondly, I'm not too worried about this Oiler team at the moment. Obviously, they got some struggles going on here, but uh, but you know, if we don't score that, uh, if they don't get that four-one goal. Uh, or, uh, or alternatively, they don't get the uh, the bad the bad bounce on the shorthanded goal. We're in this game, and I think we see a lot better third period, particularly the last ten minutes, where they start to uh, you know dig down and find some character and push for push to make it closer or for the tie anyway, you know. Um, but they were terribly deflated, and and it, that was the fourth goal there where it was just Nugent Hopkins in front of the net with two guys. Yeah, he was a tap-in for Shen. Yeah, that was terrible. Yep. Uh, you know, Clefbaum, way, way, way out of position. Um, you know, but overall, I think this team, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's getting late in the early part of the season. But I would like to see us play a lot more uh, wet, you know, the schedule, give, a, give us uh, some more West Coast teams, start playing the game that we're built for. I think playing all those fast East Coast teams in the beginning kind of kind of got into our confidence there a little. And uh, and so, yeah, you know, that's, I, I'm still, I've got a lot of confidence in this team. I think at this point, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see McClellan put the, put the lines in a bit of a blender, uh, stay away from that second line, but, uh, you know, shake it up a little bit. I think that top line, it always seems that both Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, they both have off nights at the same time. Yep. You know, yeah, I know they're fair. both still young. Uh, but I think it would be good to get them uh, separated just so they can realize they're not relying on each other, rely on themselves and make something happen. They're two of the top players in the league, and they can do it. They, they defer to each other far too often. And so they either both have good games or they both have bad games. And uh, I think once they can, you know, sort of build that confidence into their game, we'll start to see some improvement across the team. Yeah, well, they've had some tough games five-on-five, five, uh, really going back to the Detroit game for sure. Zach, thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. It's 10.58. Okay, we still got open lines. I'm going to get in more post-game reaction as well. I'm going to update the out-of-town scoreboard because 12 games in total in the NHL, all still ahead. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chat. It's 11.06 and we're breaking down a St. Louis 4-1 victory over your Edmonton Oilers. 1-1 after the first 2-1 after 2, but the Blues really took the game over, and then Braden Shen scores twice in the third period to put it away, and here is Shen. Braden, that wasn't a game for the meet. Were you expecting such a physical game? Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, 
you know, we wanted a bounce back game, and and that's when we play our best when we're we're involved uh, physically, and um, you know, sometimes you got to be scrums after the whistle and stuff like that. And we weren't happy with a few hits tonight, and it's good to see guys step in and, and stick up for teammates. So are you thinking um, shoot all the way on that two on one with Epi? Uh, you know, him being a, a left shot there, uh, you know, you look right away to see if there's an opening, and um, you know, there wasn't, and uh, I guess uh, took the shot and and uh, you know went in and take those. How about the uh, the second one? Uh, I guess. Uh, you're crashing the net and there's yeah, a little we threw up a little face-off play not ex not exactly that one but it, it worked out and i don't know if it hit schwartz's stick or boot or or whatever and that was just uh, right place right time and and uh like i said um you know good team effort tonight second period you're pulling away in shots it's still tied did you think you know, what's going on here with Telman? Yeah, we we, uh, we know he's a good goalie. Uh, you know, he's going to make that first stop. Uh, he's playing well for him. And, uh, you know, I think uh, if we just stuck with our game, which we did, uh, we knew we'd come out on top. It seemed like in the second period you guys kind of started to get your mojo back. Did you think that started with a four-checking? Yeah, I mean, that's when we're at our best, you know, when we four-check and, and uh, create turnovers and kind of limit time and space out there, and, and we were able to do that, uh, you know, kind of uh, a little bit in the first there and, and the second and third and, and kind of frustrated him, uh, towards the end of the period or to, uh, towards the end of the game. And how about the, getting the defense back? Only one goal allowed after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jakey played great again tonight. Um, you know, that's what he's capable of and made the stops tonight. And, uh, you know, it's good to get a win for him. And wanted to ask you about Steen. Uh, he had the go-ahead goal. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been late start for him because of the injury and, and maybe not quite 100%. Yeah, he's, he's finding his game 100%. Uh, you can see he just you know, he does the little things out there. Uh, you know, he's good on face-offs, uh, you know, helping out with face-offs, good on board battles, uh, good on the PK, good defensively. And then, uh, you know, he's able to, uh, you know, he's got that shot and he's, he's able to, uh, you know, get some as of late. And, and uh, obviously he's... Uh, he was finding his game, and, uh, and that's what we need of him. There you go, Reed. Braden Shin. All right, that's Scott Johnson in the Blues dressing room. St. Louis 4, Edmonton 1, your final tonight. I'm Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place. Thanks for joining us. It's 11.09. You can get me at 780-496-0063. Want to look at the Advantage Trailer Rentals out-of-town scoreboard. Here's, what's hap here's what uh, has happened in the NHL tonight. The Minnesota Wild win 6-4 over at the Nashville Predators. Devin Dubnik has his shutout streak come to an end in the first minute of that game. He had three straight shutouts, but he still is the winning goaltender. Jets in a shootout win 3-2 over the Flyers. How about Winnipeg now 11-4-3 on the season? The Avalanche dropped the Capitals 6-2. The Golden Knights, how about this? Right back in the win column after getting throttled in Edmonton. Vegas 5, Vancouver 2 is your final. The Bruins lead the Kings 2-1 with three minutes left in the third period. Two minutes left in the third period. The Panthers are up 2-0 on the Sharks, so at least that would help the Oilers with a couple of Pacific Division teams looking at losses there. Toronto beats New Jersey 1-0 in overtime. Nylander scored at 4.57 of the extra session. The Islanders dropped the Hurricanes 6-4. Arizona wins for just the third time all season, 5-4 over Montreal. The Penguins get a 3-1 decision in Ottawa. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are now 15-2-2. They beat the Oilers' next opponent 6-1. NFL tonight. Pittsburgh pulling away from Tennessee in the second half. 40-17 is the final. Pittsburgh is 8-2 on the season. Antonio Brown, 10 receptions, 144 yards, and three touchdowns. Or as I like to call that, not bad. All right, Omar is on the line. Omar, thank you very much for phoning. How are you doing today, boss? Good. Could you just turn your radio down? Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Go ahead, Matt. So I'm just tuning in right now. I just uh, didn't get the chance to hear earlier, but um, what are your thoughts on splitting up this dry side old McDavid line here? I, I think I think short term, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, I mean, I know Rob Brown would pretty much never do it, uh, and I like look. These guys are going to be Oilers for a long time. They can go back and forth for the next eight, nine years, right? It doesn't. It's not permanent. It's not permanent that they're going to be together. It doesn't have to be permanent if that they're split up. They didn't have a good game today, along with Maroon. That line didn't generate much. Uh, they haven't generated a lot five on five, with the exception of the Vegas game. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, especially now that you have Camilleri here and especially now that Puliyarvi has come up from the farm and has, has played okay, there's a little more flexibility with wingers who I think deserve a good offensive center. I do agree with what McClellan has said, that he didn't want to reward guys, wingers who weren't generating much by putting them with McDavid or Dreisaitl. But I think for the Dallas game, given what happened tonight, why not? I mean, they're the lowest scoring team in the league. Absolutely nothing to lose at that point, right? Yeah, and I mean, if you if you find a little bit of burst for five, six games, that's fine. And if it dries up, you can go back to the two of them together. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's not like I said, Omar. It's it's not an absolute. And I've had I had a guy on Inside Sports last night who was really angry that Drysaddle's playing with McDavid. But I mean, it's not forever. Like you know, a, a career is a, is a long thing, and these two guys are going to be Oilers for a long time. It's Absolutely. a great option that th- they will play together at times. But I think if we're looking at the immediacy of this season and how the goals aren't coming, yeah, for sure, so I, I'd roll into Saturday's game maybe with a different look. Fair enough. Well, thanks for your time, and you have a great evening, and uh, let's go Oilers. All right, appreciate it, Omar. Let's go down to the Oilers' room one more time. Nugent Hopkins with an assist tonight. And I sure look like a really good team. Is that a sort of a uh, something to measure yourself and say that there's some work to do? Um, well, definitely. I mean, I think after tonight, there's, uh, we know that we can be better than that, and uh, the good news is we get to play them again in uh, a couple of games, so uh, we'll have our chance uh, um, to redeem ourselves. Is it a bit humbling because you thought things were going in the right direction? You're, you know, you had a little bit of forward momentum going, and then, and then this happened. Um, well, I mean, we, we can't let that just stop us like that, you know. Um, we still can take the momentum that we've had uh, over the past four or five games and uh, keep using that uh, into this road trip and um, not the way that uh, we wanted to go tonight, but we can still uh, stay positive and uh, move on to the road. Todd often talks about kind of managing success and handling success. This year, when you guys seem to take a step forward, seldom you follow it up with that other one. Do you, and that's different from the way you were last year. Do you have any ideas to why that might be? Uh, I don't know uh, if there's a direct reason um, or one reason specifically, uh, um, but we do need to find a way to start getting streaking a little bit. I mean, uh, Clinton wins together. and um, I mean, if we don't do that, if we keep one win, one bad game kind of thing, uh, it's not going to work out at the, at the end of the year. So um, last year, yeah, we, we did a really good job of uh, kind of sticking with it and uh, playing the same way over and over again, and um, we got to uh, get back to that. When the... Read that's uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers' room tonight. Not as jovial as it was on Tuesday after they beat Vegas 8-2. Tonight, St. Louis winning it 4-1. So, here's the deal. The Oilers practice tomorrow morning. Then they get on a plane and they head to Dallas to start a five-game road trip. Of course, we'll broadcast Saturday's game for you here on 6.30 Chet with the face-off show at 10.30. The game will start at noon on Sunday. We have the West Final, Eskimos at Stampeders. One o'clock countdown to kick off. The game will start at 2.30. All right. I want to thank Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer back at the 630 Jet Broadcasting Compound and our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. Thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Always enjoy talking with you. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. And don't forget about Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. You can also get more on both the Oilers and Eskimos on 630Jet.com. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Blues 4, Oilers 1. Have a great night.